Coming up this week on Breaking Badness, today we discuss the long game, why cutting cybersecurity teams, even during a recession, is a bad idea. Next up, Strella Stealer My Sunshine. New information stealing malware named Strella Stealer is actively stealing email account credentials from Outlook and Thunderbird. And of course, our fun game, Two Truths and a Lie. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 139, recorded on Monday, November 14th, 2022. I'm your co-host, Callie. Songs for Strella, Fensel. With me is co-host Taylor, Theory of Strelativity, Wilkes Pierce. And last but not least, Tim, I'd like to buy the world a Coke Zero Trust helming. Welcome, everybody. Boy. I'm feeling uh, like I'm out of the in crowd, not having done a Strella pun for my name this week. <laughs> well, well, to be fair, I had a, you know, like a placeholder name uh, that I think I, I just had Thanksgiving first because I didn't want to, you know, it's too early for Christmas. But then Taylor had a really good name. So I, I felt like I had to jump on that bandwagon. So I'm just a follower. Just ask any retailer. It's not too early for Christmas, but I, I happen to agree with you. Are, are, are you well? So, so Tim, you just said it's too early for Christmas. How about you, Taylor? Oh, you know, I think if you ask my my kids, that they would agree. It's too early. <laughs> it's never too early. It's for never Christmas. too early. Yeah, they're they're with the retailers on this one. Yeah, no, big time. <laughs> they're in the pocket of big retailer. <laughs> yeah, I um. I'm seeing a lot of people just, you know, starting to, you know, put up their trees and, and I don't want to take anyone's joy away from anybody, but. Uh, I, I, we have a strict, you got to wait till after Thanksgiving policy. Yeah, us too. Um, so, um, you know, being a millennial woman, I, I feel it's my obligation and my duty to tell you it is my birthday month. Mm. And so we set up the tree on my birthday. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's what we do. What about now, you? Do two? you get your own tree? Do I get? No, I don't do that. You, don't you get somebody that. else's? I guess. <laughs> As is tradition. <laughs> that sounds like folklore. It's like run like every, mad. Yeah, every like. <laughs> I got it. Like, I got it. <laughs> it's like um, you know an old folk tale where it's like you know every year on her birthday she. Breaks into the neighbor's home and claims the tree as her own. <laughs> oh, you know, if you just wait to the twenty sixth, you you can have a wide variety of trees from which to choose from. I know. Well, my birthday is the twenty eighth, so. Oh, I'm at the twenty sixth of December. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's true, the, you know. But, just push everything back a day. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. but like then they're like really dry trees, maybe. Like, I, have you guys seen that one episode of The Simpsons where they get a super dry tree and every time they touch it, it you know, sets on fire? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I was thinking it's either going to be that or that like all the needles fall off. Yes. You just just brush up against it. Yeah. All the needles Needle fall off. Like, and then, like, as they fall off, it's like the sound that goes with it is that plinky piano music, like in Charlie Brown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Wow, we're we're it getting un, in the holidays early here. We're gonna. What are we gonna talk about in all the other episodes between now and that time? Well, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about what we ate after mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. True. True. <laughs> um, we'll talk about what we're going to eat on for uh, the upcoming holidays after that. You know. Yep. Matter what you uh, what you celebrate. I, well, we. To be fair, I've been a, a little. To be fair, I've been a little jealous of you of you all because uh, you're having so much fun with Halloween and I wasn't on those episodes but I was in the background wishing <laughs> you I were lurking <laughs> I was lurking like a like a weirdo being like I wish I could participate <laughs> but uh, but now I get to I'm, I'm sitting in for Kelsey this week as I'm sure uh, listeners have already pieced together so that's fun um so yeah, should we? Uh, well, maybe we'll save some of this, some of this holiday talk, and, and we'll get into our articles. What do you say? I like it. I suppose it's time for for what we actually focus on on this podcast. Weirdly true. enough, true, true. We we need a spinoff podcast where it's just just whatever. one. We're just one. Well, we need a music <laughs> spinoff. Yeah, we podcast. do gardening. We do music. We do yes. Who knows? Yeah, cars. We, we, um, I, I don't think I can be on that one unless we're talking about the Pixar movie Cars. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that'd be a short one. But yeah, yeah, we, uh, we should probably get into it. Um, and I guess this, uh, this isn't, there's not a real good segue into what our first article here, uh, coming, talking about the holidays and then, uh, talking about uh, the recent layoffs. Um, so so this is uh, the long game uh, with recent layoffs and a looming recession. Cybersecurity has been seen as kind of a frill expenditure and personnel is often laid off early in the cost cutting process. Um, so Tim, it's probably an understatement to say that cy- the cybersecurity community um, has been a bit shaken um, these past few weeks, um, you know, you open up LinkedIn and layoffs just abound. Um, so I'm betting as a security evangelist, you have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, so why is it that in a crisis management plan, cybersecurity is thought of as a nice to have rather than a need to have, especially in 2022? I know, right? Well, I think uh, if business leadership is thinking in terms of keeping the lights on, they seem to use that phrase a lot, then uh, if they're not staring down the barrel of a known breach, it can be a hard decision to lay down cash on security measures when said cash could be allocated towards staffing or locking in good prices on inventory or even just salting it away against what some people think is an inevitable rainy day coming up here. So, uh But, you know, a lot of people buy their first snow shovel after their first blizzard, even if they live somewhere different from Seattle, where we can go years on end without any shovelable shovelable snow. Uh, Reading stories about what's happened to others, in other words, doesn't have the same impact as something that we're facing ourselves. Um, But as we're dealing with the uh, economic uncertainty right now, undoubtedly the most painful choice about discretionary spending which is how some businesses do view beefing up security, is if the only way to do it is to lay off employees. And that would be an incredibly tough decision to make. I wouldn't want to have to be the one making that decision myself. And when it can be hard to tell if cybersecurity programs are working, you know, did it stop attacks or were there no attacks to begin with? 
Well, I can see how some leadership would opt to keep the employees on board. Uh, so I don't think most businesses that are deciding not to spend on InfoSec are deciding that frivolously, but that doesn't mean, of course, that I necessarily agree with what they're doing or not doing. Right. I, I agree with that, too. And I think, you know, one of the other things that's really hard is, you know, um, nobody wants to think of their position as a nice to have. You know, we all want right? to. Right? Yeah. Like, we all want to be needed. I want to be needed. <laughs> but as a side note, mentioning, you know, you only buy your shovel after your first snowstorm. I I want you all to know we're probably going to have a mild winter because I did buy a snowblower. Oh, so, yeah. so I'm probably because I made that expenditure, we're probably in for a pretty mild winter, so I won't be able to use it. Well, just just know that, you know, you shouldn't have to buy any drinks for the rest of the winter. Just let the neighbors know, hey, uh, that one, uh, I did that for you. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, I, uh, I don't want to be that guy, but uh, I did that. I did that for I did you. That. Yeah, I, I did. I did see like a funny. I think it was a tweet last year that's that was like you you can see which you know dads in the neighborhood have beef with other people in the neighborhood based on whose sidewalks they will or will not snowblow. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yes, the sociographics of snow shoveling. Yeah, well, I I have found in my own personal experience if you're out there and you're you're just kind of a small gal like me. Um, People will help you <laughs> because I think it's just too painful to watch otherwise. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but yeah. But anyway, you know, heading back to uh, to the the article at hand, um, you know, talking about um, you know the, these layoffs, you know, and and the fact that you know maybe maybe companies aren't approaching this um, from a completely you know. Um, blind perspective you know they're they're making these decisions um you know uh with with a lot of thought behind them but you know from a legal perspective what 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 are the implications of you know cutting your cybersecurity team loose (laughs) well let's see what elon musk's legal team has to say about that oh wait he doesn't have a legal team anymore either (laughs) so that's a bad example or a communications team (laughs) <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> so, <laughs> certainly if there's a breach and it can be demonstrated that the business was negligent from a compliance or even just a fiduciary standpoint, then they could have a pretty significant legal exposure. Uh, in point of fact, many businesses' uh, compliance with data protection regulations is a legal mandate. And yes, blah, 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 compliance does not equal security. And of course, that's true, blah, blah, blah. But when it's flat out illegal to be non-compliant, that's pretty cut and dry. Um, so if somehow, I don't know, you have a business that's exempt from just about any regulation, I, say your Four Seasons Total Landscaping and you work Happy only in cash. Happy Four Seasons Total <laughs> right. Landscaping. Yeah, and you're, you're all cash business, so you're not even subject to PCI DSS. And, you know, maybe all your customer records are just in Bob's head because Bob has that kind of mind. Well... You know, then the gamble of going without a strong enough InfoSec program may be uh, one that you're willing to take on. But most businesses have at least some legal requirements uh, around data protection. So, yeah, the legal ramifications can be major. Gotcha, gotcha. So um, 
are there options if cash is low? Like, so, you know, if you're not Four Seasons Total Landscaping, which I'm assuming most <laughs> organizations are. Turns um, out. Are there are there options if cash is low and and cuts need to be made elsewhere? You know, and keeping in mind uh, what we said earlier is, you know, everybody uh, cough, cough marketing um, wants to be seen as uh, necessary in, in the C-suite's eyes. Right, right. So absolutely. Um, and in fact, whether you have a generous security budget or you're right down to the bone, uh, you should still be thinking a lot about priority ranking your initiatives. And there may be certain ones that make more sense than others and can be cost effective. Now, since we're a DNS focused company and podcast, dare I say, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that there are some security measures that you can take that actually don't cost you anything other than some minor, and I do mean fairly minor, administrative work. And so I'm thinking here of protective DNS offerings like IBM's Quad9. Uh, being able to block sketchy domains at the DNS level has a variety of advantages, and you can deploy it at any facilities you have. You can also protect your mobile and remote workforce, uh, if you're, especially if you're doing MDM, mobile device management, by having all of them use the protective DNS resolver on any work-related devices. Uh, but if we stay at the network level, also, one of our old standbys, network segmentation, you've heard us talk about it a lot of times when it comes to that uh, basic blocking and tackling advice that we give. So that's another area that I'm a fan of. And you can think of this kind of like the watertight compartments of a ship, ideally a ship better designed and more aptly navigated than the Titanic. But if one compartment is breached, with good segmentation, the adjacent ones may not also be breached. Um, this may in some cases also come at a relatively low cost, uh, since most networking devices that any business almost certainly owns can be configured to effectively segment the network. You can probably do this on your home router, but you're probably not, but you could. Same thing applies at a business. Uh, there are a lot of capabilities in those devices that often go underutilized. And then... You can also think about things like enabling MFA everywhere. Uh, doesn't cost anything in terms of CapEx to have all employees turn on multi-factor auth and use one-time one -time password OTP authenticator apps on their phones. And we know that MFA has some serious benefits. Now, I shouldn't say that it will always be uh, CapEx free because you may be buying a commercial uh, solution for that. But it's not necessarily a big cost center. And sometimes there may be no CapEx at all for, for doing that. Um, so overall, I'm saying what I'm saying here is it would make a lot of sense to draw up a list of options that have minimal to zero CapEx costs and low OpEx costs associated with them and then put together a roadmap to implement those. Uh, these things certainly do not guarantee security nor compliance for that matter, but they can absolutely make a meaningful difference. What about um, cutting lattes? Should should companies do that? God no, Callie. For crying yeah. out loud. Oh my gosh. No. You think we're living in this dark ages here? I I guess I'm just, you know I gotta, you know Have some human decency. I know, I gotta get my head out of the clouds, man. Well, you have to shift everyone over to Red Bull and then save. <laughs> it's true. Productivity go way up. 
<laughs> Timmy made a reference to Titanic earlier, but I'm not sure Taylor got it because he's never seen Titanic. Well, no, I did get it because, again, I know the boat sank. So I, <laughs> what else? Yeah, but, like, if you saw the it's movie. just proved how I don't need to see the movie is that well, I totally got the reference. <laughs> but did you get it because of, like, I don't know, context clues? Or did mm-hmm. you actually know that Victor Garber, who played the ship's architect, said in the movie the watertight compartments can only go up to five can't handle more than that they can't go to 11. they cannot go to 11. <laughs> now that movie i have seen <laughs> that's good i think possibly kelsey hasn't seen that movie i can't remember there's Wait, somebody she hasn't seen t- i'm not certain no, no. she Is may sp- have spinal tap she may or have. titanic or both oh uh, spinal tap I, i'm okay. pretty sure she's seen titanic this is this is gonna take us on another tangent, but have you guys seen the Ruddles? No. 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 It's I uh, Monty Python. Uh, uh, I think it's Monty Python. I'm gonna. Somebody who knows more than me is gonna be listening to this and be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! No, no, no!" <laughs> but it's yeah, it's like a a spoof on the Beatles. Let it be. Oh. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Need to check that out. Yeah. For show. Sure, for show. Sure. But yeah. Do they misspell Ruddles intentionally, too? I think so. To be different? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, I'm sorry. I'm sure, I hope no one's listening to this and is like, I really need this advice right now. Can we get on to the advice, people? (laughs) Stop talking about movies. (laughs) This is not an entertainment podcast, for crying out loud. Are you not entertained? (laughs) I am so. Well, we are. Well, we, yeah, I am. I am entertained. Um. All right, so so back to the task at hand. Um, Tim, Timothy. <laughs> oh, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> hey, Timothy. Okay, uh, maybe less trouble. Yeah, because if I put your name to lyrics, you're in less trouble. Wait, I would Good. say you're, I would say you're not in trouble at all. Thank goodness. Uh, what if I called you Jimothy? What I wonder, like. Oh if, yeah, did we talk about that last? Time. I'm trying to remember that like, that if, came like, up. Re- does that mean I, if I? If, like, I do have... love the idea of a family that names their sons uh, Jimothy and Thames. Thames, <laughs> those would be great dog names. True, true. <laughs> oh, any, anyway, <laughs> sorry, sorry, everybody. But Tim, what would you say? So some of these organizations are probably thinking, you know, I could cut my cybersecurity team because we're so small. Or the work we do is so, you know, niche that, you know, a breach would never happen to us. Nobody is looking at what we're doing. So, you know, why why would anybody care? So I, I guess what would you say to those people that, that are thinking in that way? Oh, man. I Well, okay. The thing about automation is that it kind of doesn't care. And there's plenty of automation at play uh, among the malware families out there and ransomware campaigns and so on. So... Who would hack little old me is such a 1998 internet posture. Uh, little old you is probably going to have a hard time affording Mandiant when you get popped. So I would say for the love of all that is sacred, at least turn on Quad 9 and MFA. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That reminds me. Like, so, you know, whenever I guess this is too cutesy, maybe. But when when I when my husband and I go like, I love you. And I, I respond with, you know, little old me. He's like, great old you. <laughs> So it's like, I'm sure these hackers are like looking at these companies like, yeah, great old you. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> Your money's green too. Yeah. Or whatever color it is in the country that they're <laughs> popping that. Co- yeah, that yeah. Company Maybe in. it might be like tinted blue. Might have some your, hockey. Your hockey money's play. juice too. Yeah, might have some hockey players on it if you're in Canada. Right. Mm. Interesting. All right, Tim. Our final, my final question for you is: um, so this article comes from Forbes, and and they make a lot of great arguments. Um, but what would you say to a C-suite person uh, that's you know they've heard everything that you've said today? They've read this article and they're they're just still not getting it because the short term gains seem safer than than what what we have in in the long game. And, and I said the the title of of this segment here, but um, but what would, what would you say to that? Think of the children. I think that's pretty much the universal bulletproof argument. No, check well, that. They are they are the future. Yeah, that's right. No, I would say, listen up, buckaroos. You know not the day nor the hour, but the horsemen of the data breach are riding into town, and it's going to be a mighty uncomfortable day around here when they show up, and not only are your holsters empty, but you're not wearing pants either, and you left the safe wide open and your whiskey's all on the bar top and not back on the shelves where it belongs. You're going to rue the day that you decided that painting up the facade on the storefront was more important than buying some decent padlocks. So go on out into the street and listen. That lonesome wind you're hearing is bringing a fight you don't realize you're in. But make no mistakes, ladies and gents, you're in it. Then I'd tip up the brim of my hat with my six-shooter and stride straight out the door and into the grasp of the security guard that they surely called up while I was telling them all this. What? Oh my god! <laughs> That's it. Show's over, Taylor. <laughs> no, I had an article, but I think we should leave on that. I... <laughs> Tim, do we own the rights to that music? <laughs> no, we probably don't. But you know, I think parody is fair use. So uh, Par- you know, if we if listen, I learned, if we yeah, if I learned anything from Nathan for you. Parody law, like we're we're fine, we're totally fine. Plus, uh, I think that uh, if we got a cease and desist from Warner Brothers or whoever owns that, I mean that's that's a pretty good problem to have, right? That's pretty impressive. For I would, little old Breaking Badness. Wait, <laughs> great old Breaking Badness, right? Callback. Okay. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, Tim, that that was amazing. That was amazing advice and in every way and then of course like you really stuck the landing there (laughs) um so so i guess this leads us into um our hoodie rating so this isn't necessarily you know it's not our normal type of article you know where we talk about you know a breach or you know typical bad this isn't our typical badness it's still bad so i think it would still fall under the the hoodie rating um, oh for sure for sure um and if you're a new listener and you're not familiar um we do rank um these stories on a scale of one to ten hoodies um hoodies being you know what what a stereotypical hacker is is adorned with and uh ten is very very bad and one is you know not so bad don't worry about don't worry about anything you know uh, keep on keeping on so, um, Taylor, having listened to all of this, what would you rate this story as? 
eyes from, from a hoodie perspective? Uh, I, you know, it is tricky to throw like throw it on the typical hoodie scale as we are talking about folks' jobs and livelihoods and things like that. Um, but yeah, you know, 10 out of 10, right? Like, <laughs> uh, it, it's uh, lower, lowering the defenses or, you know, making it more difficult for organizations to protect themselves by way of losing headcount and capabilities is, uh, you know, we, we could see that on some headlines in 2023 if folks aren't careful. So, so, so 10 out of 10. Marking you down for 10 out of 10. We're, we're speechless here, but yeah. So, yeah. Well, it just, you know, in terms of like potential impact, right? It's one of those things where, um, you know, if, if you see uh, folks pushed out of organizations, security seen as uh, a nice to have and not a need to have, um, you know, that's going to that's gonna have an impact uh, on down the line for these orgs. All right. Excellent. So, and Tim. You're the one who's uh, who's given this great advice. What, what would you say? Well, I gave some advice anyway. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, yeah, I was going to go at least nine. Um, I'll go just to make it a little different. I'll go nine hoodies and uh, two sleeves and a hood. There we go. What, that sounds like 9.7. Nine point six five. I think it's a little less count. than that. Okay. Yeah, nine six five. Yeah, I think. Yeah, my because that that whole body of the hoodie that's that's a substantial component. My, my conversions are off. Yeah. All right. Well, um, you know, we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on this, and you know, maybe we'll be talking about this again in the future. But yeah, thank thank you, Tim, for for walking us through that. Uh, and with that, maybe we'll take a quick break before we get back uh, to talking to Taylor. Um, about Strella Steeler. Stay tuned. Well, hello there, Breaking Badness listener, and thanks for stopping by. If you're enjoying this pun fest masquerading as an InfoSec news show, please give us a review and a rating on your favorite podcast platform. And then visualization time again. Picture a friend, an acquaintance, a crush, a long-lost family member, someone you think might enjoy breaking badness. Got that person in mind? Good. Now visualize sharing breaking badness with them. If you're enjoying it, well, maybe they will too. And now, as our meditation moment draws to a close, let's rejoin our episode. Cheers! We're, we're back, and we're going to talk about um, Strella Steeler, My Sunshine, with Mr. Taylor Wilkes-Pierce. Um, it is a new information-stealing malware, and its name is uh, a mouthful, but I'm saying it just fine, uh, which <laughs> I'm, I'm very impressed with myself about. And um, Strella Steeler is actively uh, stealing email account credentials from Outlook and Thunderbird, which are two widely used email clients. Um, so Taylor, how is this behavior different from previous info stealers? Yeah, great question. So I think the, the biggest difference is just the focus on, uh, email account credentials, uh, primarily, right? So normally you see, you break in, you may try to get a password, so you may try to drop malware or ransomware, what have you. In this case, uh, you know, we have uh, a bit of a novel bit of, 
of malware that is uh, just stealing credentials out of Outlook and Thunderbird, and that is it. That's it. So, no, so nothing else. No, <laughs> I'm trying to think of other email clients. No Gmail. Gmail. Well, again, like Gmail is something that lives in your browser, right? So yeah. like oh, these are looking yeah. for installed clients. So obviously Outlook and in, in, you can add a Gmail account into Outlook and, and, and all that good stuff. So it could you could get those credentials stolen from it. But it is primarily targeting those uh, those clients, right? I see. I see. That, yeah. makes, that makes sense. Okay. So... Um, so how does Strela Stealer work? Like, how does it infect the, the victim system? You know, the usual, right? So it comes in as a link off of an email. Uh, I'll have the gets, usual. <laughs> I'll have the usual. <laughs> Just giving you all my credentials and passwords. Uh, all my, my logins and passwords. Uh, yeah, so it, it comes in via email. Uh, the user uh, will click on it. It is... Uh, it then opens up like an HTML file that makes it look like, hey, you're talking to, I think the, the example they gave was BNB Paribas, so it was targeting folks in Spain. Uh, but then while that pop-up uh, or while that HTML page loaded, on the background, the stealer loads up and then looks for uh, credentials out of Outlook uh, or Thunderbird and then kind of does its thing for either of those. So. Uh, it's got special bits of code for, hey, I'm dealing with Thunderbird, let me go grab this. And then on the Outlook side of things, it can actually invoke some uh, Windows tooling to decrypt the passwords and then pull those as well. So, Wait, Taylor, so yeah. you're saying that paribas-bnp.com registered at GoDaddy uh, yeah. a couple days ago probably isn't legit? Might not have been them, actually. Wow, huh. <laughs> Crazy. that's so weird. But they said they were reaching out. Like, we knew each other yeah. from, like, a few years back. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to be rude. Yeah. And you felt <laughs> special because they registered the domain so recently just for you, right? Just for me. <laughs> Great old me. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And it sounds like it's, like, a bit of a choose-your-own-adventure, too, from the way it works. Is are, are we dealing with Thunderbird? Yes. Then we'll go this way. Are we dealing with Outlook? Yes. We'll go that way. Yeah, I, and I should say this was found by uh, a company called DCSO. Uh, they're out of uh, out of Germany with uh, Johan. I hope I'm pronouncing these right. Uh, Eidenboss and Axel Lauer. Um, oh, this this was an article, I guess, for Daniel Schwalbe. I guess. Yeah, I know we should have gotten Schwalbe. <laughs> you know, it is interesting because if you just run a search on on Strella Steeler, you'll find a ton of articles, and not all of them are crediting the folks who discovered this stuff. So I wanted to make sure that I got that right at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll just we'll ask Daniel to just dub in the German words and the much better so, so you don't so you don't sound silly. So Johan and Axel don't. <laughs> angrily enter the dms why did you pronounce my name incorrectly i you know what I, I i won't be able to double check you or anything because i i probably would say them the same way <laughs> so um well well good we we definitely want to give you know the right attribution to to the folks that are you know discovering this stuff so thank you for that um so once once execution is complete and strella stealers in the system that do we know I guess you kind of alluded to it then, but, um, you know, is there anything additional that, that we want to know once it's in the system? Uh, I mean, it's going to keep trying kind of every second yeah. or so to try and pull this stuff. Uh, you know, specifically, it's going to pull uh, like your logins.json and your key4.db, your password database and your account and password for Thunderbird. And then for Outlook, uh, it'll pull IMAP user, IMAP server and IMAP password values. 
um, and then exfiltrate that to their C2. And the C2 that uh, that they published, the one that, that they, uh, because this is kind of recent and active, we can look at it now uh, using Iris and, and our, our data from Farsight and see uh, that they there are currently some fun uh, cryptocurrency scamming uh, fishes that are also resolving there. Uh, it does. It's a. It's not a uh, like a large multi-tenant uh, IP or anything. It does look to be actor owned and operated. Uh, like we're not seeing tens of thousands of domains on there. We're just seeing a handful of stray resolutions. But some of like the screenshots we have for those are, are you know, clearly imitating various cryptocurrency things of which I cannot keep up on top of these days, especially with how fast it's all falling down. <laughs> We're going to need you to, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Plug in! <laughs> We're just going to pump you full of Red Bull. And, and then you're going to have to do this. Did you know that like Red Bull, maybe maybe it's amongst the youth. The mm-hmm. youths, like, it's not a popular drink anymore. Oh, this is a, this it's, is a, a it's a boomer drink now. I it's a boomer drink. Well, you know, like, I recently like mentioned that I like I, I do like the taste of Red Bull um and somebody was like you still drink Red Bull like <laughs> and I was just what like, do we move on to I I mean I don't drink Red Bull so I don't know I don't like well then that person gave me like a taste of like whatever they had and I can't remember what it was but I was just like how is this any different <laughs> like and I, I didn't realize that you know, even even beverages are like seen as uh, you know, like a, a mark of how old you are. No, <laughs> just got a certainly. mainline espresso. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's disappointing. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I I'm not a Red Bull user. I I've always thought that it tasted kind of like I imagined transmission fluid would taste. It's just not for me. Well, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what it is about it. Like. This one comedian said Dr. Pepper tastes like a sexy battery. And <laughs> <laughs> James James A. Caster. That's and, so bizarre. I mean, and, I, a and lot I, of people say it tastes like cough syrup or something like that. But I would uh, say, I would say it's closer to cough syrup than sexy battery than, would not have been on my list. No. Of, I think uh, like I metaphors think like a, there. Yeah, like Red Bull would taste more battery like than Dr. Pepper for sure. Given the energy like, transfer, yes. Have you ever had right. Doctor, not Doctor Pepper, Red Bull in a smoothie? Oh, that's no. that's I used, crazy. I used like when I was a teenager, what? I worked at a smoothie shop, and we there, there, <laughs> that, there was that option, and it was delish. Wow. <laughs> anyway, learn something every day. Uh, yeah. So okay, we're we're learning about Strella Steeler and the fact that you know. We're old, I guess, by liking Red Bull. <laughs> did, that give, did that give you wings and fins or something? <laughs> it's like, it like gave, like, I'm like the evolutionary fish. <laughs> yeah, like it's like you, fish. You, you drink Red Bull and you come out, like, walk in, but then you just start flying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right into space. Right? I'm out there, man, in the ether. Um, Okay, Taylor, do we do we know who this group is targeting with with uh, Strella Steeler? Yeah, you know it, the, this like the article mentioned or the folks who discovered this said, hey, they were targeting uh, victims in Spain, so hence the okay. BNP Paribas. Um, and I'm but and I, this okay. type of thing could be retooled to 
throw at just about anybody. So I don't know that that's, you know, that may be where it starts. It does look to be pretty highly targeted. If they're not seeing it like everywhere, they've only seen it in a, in a few instances. Okay. So it does seem to be fairly um, tightly targeted, at least okay. for now. Yeah. And I'm sorry, what group discovered that again? Uh, DCSO, SciTech. I just wanted you to say the German again. Oh, you mean <laughs> Johann Idinbas and Axel Bauer? Yeah, I was just trying to like trap you. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay, so fi- final final question. Yeah. Uh, what sort of mitigations are in place for, for this? Is, for, is this, you know, an ongoing threat that we need to, you know, keep, keep on the lookout for? I wouldn't say that it seems to be that broad of a threat from a mitigation perspective. Uh, you know, obviously the signatures for this are out there and, and stuff's going to detect it uh, the, that are in the way that it's being used. But the way that that works is it'll probably just get recompiled with, uh, with a slightly different signature and then go after somebody else. But from a like, hey, is this an ongoing threat? I think you have all of your typical like, are we checking um, like for when users click on things? Are we checking outbound network connect? Right, like there's it's not any it's not like some type of atypical zero day exploit thing that we've never seen before. So, okay. uh, yeah. All right. Well, I think based on what you just said, I have an idea of what the hoodie rating might be, but um, this leads nicely into that. So, Tim. I'll start with you since since you were primarily listening. Um, given the information. Wait, listening to what? Uh, what? Oh, <laughs> sorry. Shoot, sure. <laughs> uh, just uh, just give it a uh, give everything you know a seven or something. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. <laughs> it's just I'm just it's a five straight down the middle. Yeah, I, you know. Uh, no, could I be think, something could be nothing. But <laughs> uh, I think. This it's a little early right now to tell, um, but anytime a uh, email credentials are compromised, if it's successful, that just gives you so much further access, which raises it right now because it's we don't see a huge extent. I'm that's going to attenuate my rating a little bit, um, and time will tell. But I, I think I'm going to give this one about a four. That's respectable. That's a number. Yep. It is. It is. That's a an integer. Yeah. Yes. It's a positive integer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving it a, a negative pi. <laughs> <laughs> negative. I'm writing that down. Negative yeah. pi. Irrational. No people around. I will give it. I'm going to give it a nice. Story. I'm going to give it a pi. Three point one four one five nine two six five. As far as I can go. Yeah, the rest of this show will be <laughs> taken up by reciting digits of pi we, we into an endless time, right? fade. <laughs> Wait, I can't. Just for my edification, you're, you're mm-hmm. being serious, right? Yeah, we're going to give it a Okay, 3.14159. So we'll call it, yeah. Okay. That's One fantastic. hoodie and then a partial rounded. <laughs> <laughs> I think in the fashion world, that's a poncho? Yeah. All right. <laughs> No, this one seems fairly low. Just be low volume, highly targeted, uh, going for a weird thing. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much, Taylor, for walking us through Strella Steeler. Uh, we are going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and play um, our game, 
Two Truths and a Lie. Stay tuned. Breaking Badness will be right back. All right, and we are back. Uh, we're going to do our last segment of the show, which is Two Truths and a Lie. Um, if you are a new listener um, or if you have forgotten, um, Two Truths and a Lie is the game we play, um, very similar to um, the game you'd play in high school, college, what have you, where um, somebody provides three facts and uh, two of them are true and one of them is the lie. Uh, the twist is uh, instead of facts about ourselves, we are going to share um, uh, industry articles. So um, our designated deceiver this week is uh, Timothy Jimothy over here. <laughs> uh, um, so he is going to provide us uh, three industry articles. And Taylor and I are going to try to discern uh, which two are true and which one is the lie. And I am playing for Kelsey, um, so I feel like the extra pressure. So, so without further ado, Tim, would you like to take it away? I uh, would definitely like to do this now. So here we go. Statement number one. That's the ticket. Microsoft update breaks Kerberos authentication. Statement number two. Save the Thales, defense giant lockbitten with a data breach. Statement number three, nicht so schnell, little victim. Austria considers banning ransomware payments. First of all, all of those names are perfect. These are great. I like Save the Thales the best. I don't know, Taylor, what do you think? This is tricky. What was the first run, run? Run the first one by me again. That's the ticket. Microsoft update yeah. breaks Kerberos authentication. I feel like the third one is true. The Austria banning uh, <coughs> ransomware payments. That feels true. I, I, I'm gonna say one is. False. That's the lie. Oh, to me, that one seems the most believable. (laughs) (laughs) Sad state of things. (laughs) Taylor, Uh, you and I are different people. That's that's true, yeah. Uh, Let's see. The third one, banning ransomware payments doesn't, does seem like something it would do. You know what? I'm going to go with the the second one is the lie. Well, folks, it was the third one. (laughs) But I was doing one of those things that has been all the rage to do. Actually, there is a nugget of truth in it. It was Australia that is considering banning ransomware payments, not Austria. You tricky. (laughs) I know. That's the way we're all doing it these days. We're just doing these little variations on... Oh, and there are the dogs. Like no. Dogs don't like it. <laughs> they can smell a rat. The judges have spoken. Indeed. Yeah. Who let the dogs out? Who? 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 
Well, apparently it's Taylor. <laughs> this week on Pets no with dogs. Breaking Badness. <laughs> There's no dogs here. I don't know where those are. Yeah, dogs. no, those are oh, mine. Oh, they're not, they're, wait, they're not yours? Oh. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Taylor. I unfairly. I'm Attribution is hard. Yeah. dog, Jojo. Goodness. Oh, that's right. You only have one dog. That's true. Where's, where's Tim real has. Sweet and quiet right I have 150. That's no, it just way feels right that way some days. That's way that's more than 101 Dalmatians. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And none of them is a Dalmatian either. No, it's just two, but, you know, they do the job of more. <laughs> As they should. All right. Well. This podcast has gone to the dogs. <laughs> it's a doggy dog world Oof. out there. Right? Is that the saying? It scared. is the saying. Oh, yeah, I've heard it. it's a doggy dog world and I'm wearing milk bone underwear. <laughs> Which doesn't really make sense if you think about it, because if it's about the dogs eating the dogs, they don't care about milk bones. But, you know, nobody ever thinks these things through. No, they really don't. Gallagher okay. died. Watermelons are safer. That, yeah. This yeah, week well, on Non Sequiturs on Breaking Badness. That means maybe like next year the price of watermelon will go down. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Single a little more supply. Keeping the prices afloat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, this this has been delight. It has been a lot of things, but one of them has been delightful. <laughs> we just hope the audience agrees. I I hope I hope they do too. Uh, if if you are listening, we appreciate uh, you coming back. Oh, if you're a new listener, thank you so much. Uh, and uh, and we promise you- that most of the shows are just as crazy as this one. Oh, mm-hmm. yes, for sure, for sure. Um, but yes, thank you, Taylor and Tim, for uh, for talking about your uh, articles today. Uh, very interesting stuff. Um, you know, we'll be keeping an eye on you know those uh, cybersecurity, uh, you know, job losses. Um, we- Keep an, maybe keep an eye on Strella Steeler. I don't know. Like with uh, numbers like four hoodies and 3.14159 hoodies. Uh, maybe maybe we don't have to keep that much of an eye on it. But uh, it is, it, Strella Steeler is just fun to say. So you might be hearing it again. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Taylor and Tim, for being here. Um, Kelsey should be back for the next show. Um, if you're missing her, I know I am. Uh, but I, I had a really fun time sitting in for her. Um, and th- so thank you for having me. Um, and we will be back with more Breaking Badness. Um, next week's Thanksgiving, so it's kind of tenuous. I think we might be on break, but then we will be coming back after we are sufficiently filled with real pie, not mathematical pie. Right. The best kind. Yes. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter, at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at DomainTools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.